You're listening to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast with your host, Nick Shuquette. Today's show features another amazing entrepreneur who has found success online. Now, let's learn what it takes to be a million-dollar seller. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Million Dollar Sellers Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shuquette. Today, we have Alex and Jerry Mills on the call. Uh, I know they've accomplished a lot of great things together. Definitely excited to learn more about their journey and share it with the audience. Um, Alex, Jerry, why don't you guys take a minute just to introduce yourselves and let us know where you guys are calling in from. Hey, Nick. Um, so we are Alex and Jerry Mills. Um, we are living in Kansas city right now, but we've, we've, I don't know, we've moved a lot the last few years, but, (laughs) um, we've only lived here about, I don't know, five months. We lived in San Diego before. Okay. Nice. So San Diego to Kansas, uh, what brought, (laughs) what, what made that happen? (laughs) Uh, uh, so I don't know, during COVID California was kind of tricky That was okay. part of it. and then our family's more in the Midwest. So we are here in Casey Mo, Kansas city, Missouri. We had some friends who flipped a house out here and we really liked it. So we nice. moved into the house. <laughs> yep. I've never been out there. Um, I always see like the Kansas city style barbecue on some menus though. I'm always <laughs> tempted to try it. Is it, how is it out there? Do you guys ever try that out? <laughs> well, for me, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's what barbecue is like a guy's love language. I think, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah we can, we can definitely swing that. So uh, there's no lack of good eating out here. That's for sure. So nice. Yeah, they have good food uh, in the city for sure. Cool. It's got to walk it off. Got to work it out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. It's nice that you guys are a little bit closer to family and, uh, you know, that always makes things convenient. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, that's great. Uh, congrats on the move. Uh, hope, hopefully that continues to get better for you guys. Um, so why don't we, why don't we learn a little bit about Alex and Jerry? Like, like, what are you guys, what else are you guys into besides, uh, selling stuff on Amazon? Yeah. So, um, we have a little bit of a windy road to get to where we are now. I think we, um, I studied opera in college, so I sing opera. It's kind of bizarre and random. And then Jerry, tell me a little about you now. Well, basically, uh, I've gone from uh, uh, acting and degree in theater to uh, master's in uh, theology and ministry. Uh, So I've tried a little bit of everything and uh, be interesting to see how things work out in the future. And then somehow ended up on Amazon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. And then we met at a church. We were both working at a church. And so it was like really windy <laughs> to get to where we are. So nice. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love, uh, you know, Jerry, like you just talking about those different subjects and, you know, theater and, and ministry. Like I, I, I can identify with just like wanting to consume so much information and like be good at different things. And, uh, sounds like you're pretty open-minded. Like if you ended up going down that path and now you're on Amazon, um, you know, how did that play out? Did you guys have any other businesses that you tried to start, um, before that? Sure. Sure. And, and I would say too, like for myself, 
I've always, you know, somebody, I never, I, I think that we've all learned that, you know, uh, something starts with your mindset and how you think. And then from there you can do things. So when I grew up, I didn't think of myself was, you know, an entrepreneur is somebody special, you know, yeah. who's had the magic dust sprinkled on them, you know, they've been tapped on the shoulder, but I just grew up, you know, my dad was a farm kid and he just hustled and a football coach. And so from a young age, my brother and I, he had us at the gym working out. He had us, you know, we started working. We had paper routes. If you remember, they used to have these things called newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and you act, they are physical, tactile things. And young children would roll them and hurl them at your doors. It was a, quite a weird, weird time to be alive. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I grew up doing that. And then I, you know, just from like uh, one thing leads to another, you know, I'm doing that. I'm reading different kids, boys, magazines. And I'm seeing, oh, you can win these prizes, you know, if you sell this and that and the other thing. And so I'm like, huh, I've got this paper route full of people I have to collect money from. What if I leverage that paper route? Of course, I didn't think of it like that. As a kid, I just thought, yeah. I could just go to all the people I serve papers to. I could try and sell them these things that stick on their on their fridge, you know, and I can get these people. And so uh, that was my entry to business was I'm going to take this paper route, which is uh, so miserable getting up at 430 or whatever it was in the morning uh, to go do this. And I can get this so I can get this dream prize I had my eyes on. And that prize back in the day, I'm a Gen Xer, child of the 80s, was the cool thing I saw was the Polaroid Instamatic, no, it was Kodak Instamatic <laughs> camera. And nice. I was like, wow, I could take a picture. So it was like the original Instagram people, you know, yeah. you would take a picture and print it <laughs> and you flop it in the air and everything. And as a kid, I was like, that is so cool. I could, I could like take pictures of things. And so I used this paper route. I'll sum this story up real quick. And then Alex can get into the more uh, recent things. But I, I did all this. I sold this. I got to my goal. My Kodak Instamatic camera came in the mail. And I'm, this will tie into our story later. And I had it. It was so cool. I had it about two weeks. And then I, I don't know how old I was, 10, 11, received a letter in the mail. And I opened this letter. And it basically says, uh, yeah, Kodak was sued by Polaroid and lost in court for <laughs> patent infringement. And basically, I had a defunct camera that could no longer serve film. And uh, that was my entry into the world of entrepreneurship. <laughs> and business. <laughs> and that will tie in later for us. And it I'll will. let Alex yeah. explain a little a bit more about our more <laughs> us together story. Yeah. 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 Nice, man. I, I like that. I like how you tie it back to, you know, being a kid for me. I know, like I look back on my journey through life and I can see, like, I agree with what you said, like feeling when I was a kid, like, Oh, those people are special, you know, and not really knowing how to get there. But when I look back, I feel like I, I guess I was kind of gifted, blessed, whatever you want to call it, with that mindset. Like I just wanted to consume information, uh, wanted to like be I, I would just get obsessed with things real easily yeah. and mm -hmm. just loved learning 
Um, and then I went to school and it ruined learning for me. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I don't want to learn that stuff. I want to learn this other stuff. If you're interested um, in that, right. So yeah, that's cool, man. I, I really like how you tied it back. I think it starts, I think a lot of things start there for, for us. Right. And it just, uh, ends up differently, ends up looking differently as we get older. Um, so great story. Thanks for sharing it. Um, Alex excited to hear yours. Yeah. So I definitely, definitely never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be an opera singer. Bizarrely. It's so random. So I kind of goes back in my family and just had a lot of interest in music. And so I went to college and studied that. And then again, windy road had started having some problems with my voice and you know, there was just a lot of mystery around that and I didn't quite know how to solve it. And so I decided that I could either try to keep chipping away at this thing that didn't seem to be working, or I could take another road and try to still have like a cool life. Like I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur necessarily, but I always wanted to have like an interesting, special life. And so with that, I decided to take this kind of ministry route. So Um, I went to where I met Jerry. I went to work at the not-for-profit arm of this big church in the Chicago suburbs and spent several years there. And all while um, I was learning a lot about being a professional and how to kind of add value in that that land, this church was not like a normal church. It's huge, first of all. And second, um, it has a much more sort of corporate feel about it than a typical church would. And so I learned... And it's in the Chicago area. So you have a lot of that kind of driven career mentality around this kind of corporate church culture, if you can picture that. So um, I learned a ton about being a professional and adding value in that environment. Um, But all the while, I was just really dissatisfied with the work, with the culture of the place. And um, I really wanted to create something of my own. And and and. Even at a more basic level than that, though, it was much more about wanting to enjoy my life and wanting to um, to be able to do things on my own terms. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that feeling. And I think that was kind of what led me to starting to feel like um, we need to make our own road with this. We um, By this point, by the time I had decided that it was really time to kind of branch out, um, Jerry and me had already been married. We started dating in about 2008 when he graduated seminary, right as the economy crashed. And so, as you can imagine, churches stopped hiring pastors. Um, You know, Jerry was fresh out of seminary. Churches stopped hiring pastors when their congregants stopped giving. And so that was exactly what happened in 2008. And so he kind of um, was pushed into this very difficult environment to try to use the, the seminary degree that he had. And I was in this job that was frustrating to me while I was still learning a lot. So it it created this really weird kind of soup of figuring out what to do next, feeling stuck, um, wanting this different life, but not knowing how. And um, in the middle of it all, I knew this guy who, who had left the place where I worked and he went off and created a really cool MLM kind of business. <laughs> he, was, okay. he was doing legal shield. <laughs> and so I was like, well, if he can do it, maybe we can do it. <laughs> and so I like reached out to him and, you know, joined his organization and um, tried to sell legal shield, which was sort of a joke, like didn't actually make any money in that at all. And I was definitely not like aligned with 
you know, selling legal insurance, which essentially is what it was. But I, I think that was also though, when that kind of fire got lit in me where, you know, we're going to make our own income, we're going to make our own thing yeah. and we're going to have more agency over our own life. So that was That's really, really where it started. Yeah. It started, it, it really started more with inside you, you know, and yeah. just a frustration with where things were and wanting to get to a different place. You know, and so you just want to get somewhere different. Any any road will get you there, sort of deal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could do this. And I was like, oh, you're gonna sell insurance. <laughs> really? uh, <laughs> but what you had was the dream. And I was the one going, uh, but I've sold insurance. My dad sold insurance, you know. You don't want to do this. And I but they really pitch it as like, oh, you know, this is this, you know, they sell the dream, you know. Yeah. So we had a, a couple of those. And yeah. then the third dream vehicle we tried was e-commerce. And that's how okay. we got into it. Yeah. Yep. So we started on eBay. Actually, really, Jerry started on eBay. I was still mm-hmm. like working away at my job and he was still working on, I, he was, you know, it was a couple of years where he was really like stuck with his employment situation. And so as soon as we started, we, we bought this little kind of info course on like how to flip stuff on eBay. And so we made our first sale around Christmas of like, it was like 2013 when we made our first eBay sale and we were like, hot dog, <laughs> here it is. Like, let's, let's make this work. And so I went back to work that January after Christmas and Jerry put his nose into his computer and really went for it. So that was, that was really how we got in, into e-commerce. Nice. And what year yeah. was it that you guys started on eBay? So I guess it would have been 2013. 2013. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I can, uh, I can really relate to a lot of your, <laughs> your, your story here. Like I was, I remember selling Cutco knives. Oh like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to ask, it was purely referral based. Like you would yeah. try to sell knives. They'd say no. And then you'd be like, well, do you know anybody else that wants these knives? And yeah. for whatever reason, they'd give you a couple of phone numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it went terrible, but I yeah. feel like I had to go through that, like that sales process, putting myself out there. Um, you know, and then I ended up getting a job, but was pretty frustrated with it and started a landscaping company, got a loan for 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went terribly wrong, had to move back <laughs> in with my dad. And then oh. I started selling on eBay. Mm, um, okay. yeah, started selling wow. on eBay back in like 2014, okay. three months in, uh, I sold something. I think I lost money on it. Like I have no idea why I kept going. <laughs> it's like the fees, the first time out, you don't know how those fees work yet. <laughs> but I just, think it was really the, it was the cha-ching in there. Yes. Still better than Amazon. So yes. that was though the addictive thing is they really the marketed was great. The yeah. was like, Oh yes. I loved being on like uh back then I was single. If I was like on a date and my phone. Oh, yes. I'd yes. Be like, yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, just making bank, baby. Just yeah. Bank. Just what I do. Just what I yeah, do. I make money while I sleep, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I actually made any profit though. So you're gonna have to pick up your half of the bill. Yeah. <laughs> I actually owe money. I just paid money to over something. <laughs> no, no, we're not escaping. This is the rock star exit. Yeah, we're just yeah. looking out the back here. <laughs> oh, good times, man. I'll, I'll never forget that. And I think Jerry touched on it. Like, why did I keep going? It was, I was sold on the dream, the vision, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, having that different life that like, like what Alex wanted. Um, yeah, all that stuff just kept me going, man. Uh, it, it was a good journey. I definitely appreciate those times. Yeah, um, yeah. so where, where are you guys at now? Like, uh, you guys mentioned you accomplished some pretty big things your first year on Amazon and ran into some hurdles and, sure. uh, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. So we've actually had a couple different Amazon businesses. Um, why don't you talk about the first one, Jerry? You were, you were kind of spearheading that one. Yeah. So we, we really, it's been a lesson in learning just what we needed as we went along and, you know, being stretched beyond where we thought we could go and so forth. So eBay led to um, learning how to scale, which, uh, you know, and, and I would say really when it comes to what Alex and I talk about, you know, we bring, you know, uh, capabilities ourselves, we bring education, uh, we bring hustle. But I would say if you asked us besides, you know, innovative thinking here and there, really the key to our success has been uh, partnering up with the right people along the way, you know? So basically when we didn't know somebody, we would find somebody who's doing well and just pay them and be treated like a college course. So when we found somebody who was talking about how to outsource and use virtual assistants, you know, we paid him to teach us how to do that. And we built up a, a team of of uh, VAs back in the day for our previous business. And so all those steps along the way, we did that, ran that, struggled with really, really low margins. It was uh, drop shipping, as okay. I know some of you understand. Yeah. And uh, but from that, it gave us cash flow. You know, and as we know, it's not cash is king, but cash flow is king. Absolutely. So we were able to take, and then Alex has been somebody who she has amazing taste, amazing style. I remember one time we visited my my mom's place and she saw these convertible dresses. <laughs> and the whole way back, she was upset. She's like, I'm going to find these. I'm going to design them much better. And we're making a fortune. And I said, you know, if they're there, they're probably everywhere by now, which was what we learned. But she has an eye for style and beauty and uh, branding, really. And so she had the vision for uh, having something really upscale. And so we took that cash flow from our first business that we built up. And from that, she was able to start to dream about what the brand would look like, who the typical shopper would be, somebody much like herself, you know, uh, somebody who's busy working but likes to have nice things uh, to entertain for their friends and family and so forth. So that's how we pivoted from one to the other with uh, our businesses. Yep. So using nice. the cash flow from business number one, Amazon business number one, we started the brand, which is Amazon business number two. And like Jerry said, we um, were in kitchen and dining and we had a real vision for how to elevate um, the Amazon marketplace there. I think one of the holes I saw was that there was a lot of like kind of cheap looking plastic stuff and stuff that like I would not necessarily be proud to to sell or to display in my kitchen. And so I saw a lot of room to go in and elevate that um, brand, despite it being in the Amazon kind of marketplace where things looked a little kitschy and or cheaper. So that was, that was the idea there. 
Nice. And so how did you go about, like, did, did you have to do a lot of, um, you know, sourcing, getting samples, oh, sending yeah. it back? Like <laughs> I imagine trying to make that quality product took yeah. a little bit of back and forth. Yep. So our first kind of hit product was a very trendy, higher price point product that actually Jerry discovered. Jerry also had like, he's very good at like spotting trends and finding new little innovative like products. And so I feel like we kind of worked together well in that way because he definitely has a real eye for that stuff. And so he really spotted the first product that, that went really big for us on Amazon. And um, so that was our first. The other thing, you know, the other thing with that, that we wanted to, it's, it's, it's some, in some ways it's kind of like first break all the rules, you know, and then we learn doing all these things. Oh, that's what an entrepreneur does. (laughs) They risk, they break rules and customs and norms. But one of the things we, we tried to appreciate was, okay, all the recommendations from all these courses and so forth, people are saying, find a product that's between, you know, 10 and $25, you know, or something you can sell. That's somebody like, well, if everybody's doing that, let's find something that we can sell higher. That's harder to get into. And so our first product was a a hundred dollar product. Okay. And so we, we got into something that at that time, uh, it just, there was an opportunity because everybody was aiming low. And so that's, that's part of it. And, it was something that um, uh, it was uh, called a sous vide uh, immersion circulator yeah. cooker. And uh, I got wind of it just from going to Starbucks and seeing they had these things called sous vide egg bites. And I was aware of it from sort of the paleo uh, lifestyle. I had come across it and was like, what is this thing? So yeah. um, as you talked about, always being curious and interested in learning things, that's how you can spot things. Just being, especially when something's like, I don't know what that is. What is that? What are they talking yeah. about? Whether that's an idea or a product, that's, that's what led us to that, that first product we had. And that's what started us going. Yeah. Awesome. And, and how did that play out? Like, what were you guys able to do that first year? Uh, did you keep that product? Yeah. So it was a bumpy ride from there. (laughs) I'll just be real honest. So that product was really trendy at the time and was undersaturated on Amazon. And so we sourced and sold that product. And in our first we were top three, we got in the top three products. We did very well. Yep. Um, And it just came that we were us scrapping together cash flow. Totally. We were competing with people with Unlimited, like essentially. Silicon Valley startups, <laughs> well-funded, like VC funded. <laughs> it was like us. It was like us. Major like brands that have been around yeah. for years. And we were like, are we going to order more inventory? I don't, you know, it was one of those crazy situations where it's like, well, the expensive thing works really well in theory and it did work well, but now you find yourself with a whole new set of problems. So, yeah. um, so we did 1.2 million in our first year. Which nice. Is wow. Nice, 1.2 right? million on the first, first year. year. Okay. Yeah. And it was 80% that product. Well, it, we, by this time we had launched a couple other baby products, but um, it was. You'll 80%. appreciate this, uh, Nick, as somebody who did Cutco. One of my jobs I had when we were in Chicago was I would demonstrate products in stores. Nice. And that's where I discovered one of our great products, which was a mandolin slicer. So, oh, okay. Uh, so those were two of our good products were basically 
one I just had experience with and that we just did a higher end version of. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. That's great that you like, you know, you're just drawing from that experience that you've had and, and making it happen on Amazon. So that first year we did really gangbuster sales. It was really going well. And, um, what happened was a few things happened. So I think, um, that product started to cool the niche itself started to cool off a little bit. We, um, these very well-funded Silicon Valley, um, companies decided that they wanted to protect their territory. And so they started getting kind of litigious as it came to like IP and that kind of thing. So they didn't actually have much IP, but they claimed something called trade dress, which Hmm. is something that, um, in a, in a nutshell, it protects the look of a product, but it's not really something that you can file for trade dress. It's like you claim you have trade dress then you kind of have to uphold it. So they, they started doing stuff like that because they were waiting for their patent to be approved. And all during this time, they're contacting our supplier in China saying, you can't sell this. You're um, infringing on our trade dress, which like arguably wasn't even really a thing, but they got to the point where they, convinced our supplier to stop selling the version of the product we were buying. And so we had to make some kind of superficial changes to the product. And all the while the niche is cooling off. We're trying to figure out how to project inventory. We're trying to figure out how to buy inventory because a hundred dollar product is not cheap to source. And so all this time it was, it was just very bumpy. So what ended up happening was um, after a whole bunch of stuff like this happened, it was like one thing after another for probably a year. Um, we decided we were going to like kind of trail that product off and launch new products to make up for the inventory. So that was a wild year. <laughs> it's hard to explain how stressful for, especially for me, it was, I think, um, I tend to sort of internalize a lot of stress and I don't know, it was a very anxious year for me trying to figure out how we were going to replace basically build another million dollar business while this product trailed off. So that was, that was year two. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, we still grew a little bit, but it was, you know, it was scrappy. It was very trying to figure it all out, trying to manage, you know, their cash flow, trying to manage the debt that we had taken on. Um, it was a wild ride. So, but what's cool about it is that we did it. We figured it out. Yeah. You know, we, we launched several new products that, did take over the revenue that we had built from the sous vide as we were trailing that off. So um, it was, like I said, it was a wild ride. It was very stressful, but I think I really learned that like when I put my nose to the grindstone and get stuff done, like we can, we can get it done. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's tough to realize like in the moment when you're going through all that stuff, you don't realize how much you're learning, like how much you're growing, or at least I don't. And then maybe a year, you know, time starts flying by, you forget what day it is. Like maybe you don't even know what month it is for a while. And then a year later, you kind of like come out from under your hole and you're like, oh, wow. I did it. I I did it. I learned a lot. Like I've grown so much because of, you know, the competition, the failures and just all the other stuff that gets, Mm -hmm. gets thrown at you just as long as you keep going, man. Yeah. So that was Year two was wild. Year three was COVID. Okay. <laughs> so more wild times. Um, and so that so we're so that would have been the calendar year of 2020. 
um, it, again, it was crazy. Like we had just come off this year of trying to replace the income from the sous vide. And we had done that. And we realized kind of coming into 2020, like, Hey, we could really take this big this year. Like we, um, we're going to launch all these products and, you know, we were still carrying a lot of debt. So our cash flow was very, a tricky situation, but we, I, you know, I think going into 2020, we had a very, um, positive outlook and we were going to launch a bunch of products. And this is going to be the year that we really get traction after that, after coming off of that year that had been very much like survival oriented. So, um, and so then in March, the world shut down and everything changed and we put a bunch of our plans on hold because, um, what happened then was that, you know, COVID hit and a bunch of stuff changed in the Amazon ecosystem and, we were in survival again because we didn't know how we were going to get our product. Cash flow wasn't working normally. I think everyone was really scared in March and April and didn't really know what was going to happen. And so um, we found ourselves back in this crazy spot again of like anxiety and uncertainty. And so, um, so that was like, I don't know, it was, it was hard to go through again. It was like just these continual ups and downs, like one after another. Nice. So what's some of like the, uh, is there one challenge that kind of sticks out to you? That was like the biggest one Yeah. through COVID. Yeah. I think the cash was scary. Like there was a whole month where Amazon pushed back their delivery dates, which means that you don't get paid until your stuff ships. That yeah. was probably the scariest for me. That was probably in April, I think. And then I don't know, Jerry, you can talk about this, but he was scrapping to get us, you know, the kind of relief money from the government, which we ended up getting, which kind of saved our hide, to be honest. So, okay. yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Around yeah. That? I just yeah. always was, yeah. uh, always, uh, going and finding money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go find money wherever I can. So yeah, I've had some interesting conversations I've had through the years, but, uh, you know, uh, thank God he's always, uh, got us the flow when we needed it because yeah, there's been different times where, yeah, it would have choked. The business would have been choked, uh, as we talked about just the importance of cash flow. So, um, yeah, uh, but you know, uh, things worked out last year from the getting the, uh, uh, SBA funding to being able to find different partners who could do inventory, uh, based financing. So, uh, that's given us a lot of uh, more breathing room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those fun. companies out these days that do the, you know, like inventory based uh, financing or like they, they they get tapped into your Amazon account and yeah. you know, mm -hmm. what you have in there, like that stuff has really changed the game. We use yeah. that a lot. Us yeah. too. Yeah. Um, Even still. Yeah. Yep. So, so after those kind of really stressful months of March and April in May, everything exploded in a good way. Like uh, everyone started ordering again. I think a couple of people got their stimulus money and were like on Amazon buying things. And a lot of people were staying home cooking. So our um, business doubled like overnight in May. So, so we went from like weathering these really hard, this hard year topped by a global pandemic. And then in May, it, it, it popped. So that was amazing. Like we actually ended up doing almost two X in 2020, what we did the year prior. So okay. um, wow. it was, it was a wild ride. It was crazy. Yep. 
But yeah, it's great to like have, you know, all that turbulence and then you just get through it and you come out, you know, on the other side, you know, up on your growth anyways. Um, it's, it's like, it's great, man. Just like the harder you work, that's saying the harder you work, the luckier you get. Like if you just keep going, man, like things start working out and, um, yeah. you know, before you know it, you just, it, you can get to that point where you have too much opportunity. Right. And then you're chasing ah, shiny totally. objects and stuff like that. <laughs> Losing focus. Sure, sure. Uh, that definitely happens to me. That, often. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you guys have a, have a pretty good, uh, dynamic going on with your team. Um, you know, Alex, you seem to be kind of sitting in a, in a visionary role where, where Jerry seems to be really good at like, you know, the operational stuff. Although I'm, I'm sensing some visionary, uh, stuff in Jerry as well, for sure. They're both kind of the visionaries. I think I've kind of taken more the lead in this brand because like it's kitchen stuff and it's girly. So that's sort of like more to to me and he's kind of taken on. Well, and also, also I I'm so used to be kind of being a lone ranger in the sort of work I've done, uh, doing my own thing, doing my own, uh, whether as being an actor, my own study, you know, theology to, um, sales, outside sales work. So the other thing is that you have had an interesting, Alex has an interesting background when she's like half very creative, but she's also, she was a producer of international events. So she can like see things and like know who needs to do what and kind of move the chairs around. So, so she really leads these operations where um, and then we both we both help each other out, and we also learn, being married, doing this, how to kind of sometimes be like, you know, it's probably gonna be best if I just dial this down. I could, yeah. but what's it, you know, is it worth it? You know, so we try and uh, you know try and pay attention to that, and uh, I try and help her to have more fun and uh, get away from the computer, yeah. and she uh, is very fastidious on the operations and things. So, nice. uh, but we both can have higher level conversations and sort of my goal as we're working on building this uh, EOS system yeah, is for both of us to be able to really remove ourselves, the whole cash flow quadrant idea. Okay. Um, so I've been very focused on kind of becoming like the investor and kind of focusing on that and higher level things for our overall family business. Yeah. And, uh, help her to build the system so she can eventually remove herself from that and have that operational person. So she's not as much having to, um, you know, make sure, because I really had that role in our previous aspect of Amazon, you know, is the, is the building on fire? You know, every time you wake up, be like, is, is, is things on fire? You know, have we sold something out of, have we sold a Disney bell tea cart? Out of stock, four hundred, you know, four hundred <laughs> sales, and we have to like scramble. <laughs> so, not that we would know anything about that, or yeah, uh, you know, or when a, or one of my favorite stories was the whole viral Chewbacca mask. Yes, fiasco. I remember that. Yes. Oh, I happen to have that listed, you know, in our store and uh, from our team, and all of a sudden we're selling them, and of course they're nowhere to be found, and we're driving around to Walmarts throughout uh, Chicago land trying to find them. So, good times, good times. Good we're moving days. on. We're moving on. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. 
Those little hacks were so uh, funny for like getting your shipments through, getting a track number. I knew oh, one yeah. guy. He would oh, send. Yeah. He would send a letter apologizing. Like, oh, we send oh, that. Okay. We send that. Yep. Yeah. Can you can you and please put the tracking order? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Oh Absolutely. man. So what's on the horizon for you guys now? Like like what's next? Are you guys going to sell your business, start another one, or keep growing? What's the vision? Yeah, I think um, some combination of both. I think we're looking at selling part of our business and okay. kind of taking some cash off the table and continuing to grow it um, for another couple of years and then selling the rest at you know some point down the road. So that feels exciting. It feels like we've kind of started to really see the big fruition of our you know eight ten years of of labor with this. And so yeah, I think that's kind of the 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 dream right now. We want to take um, take some of that money and diversify by taking it, you know, off the table and investing it. So I'm working on researching, you know, what sort of real estate and crypto and that sort of thing. So there's plenty plenty to learn in that uh, in that market and uh, and having a both and so to speak. But you know, we've acquired you know a certain set of skills yeah. over the past seven <laughs> years. <laughs> we can apply those skills in another niche. So we'll see. Yeah, man, I'm with you there. You know, uh, real estate and crypto seems yeah. to be the next move for a lot of a lot of the MBS guys. That mm-hmm. investments group is mm-hmm. our, our 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 second most active group uh, without any effort besides creating it. Right. Um, you know, people love to chat in there. I'm driving myself crazy trying to keep up with all of that (laughs) stuff as well um but yeah man i I like the crypto stuff definitely see myself getting into real estate uh as well um yeah yeah, now that we've touched on mds a little bit before we wrap up like you know how how do you guys view mds like how has that played into you know how you run your business and in your personal life as well I'm going to say something that's going to sound like it's an overstatement, but it's not. MDS has saved our business more than once. I mean, that's just a fact. Like, um, especially during COVID when so much craziness was happening with Amazon, there were people in there sharing things that changed and possibly saved, probably saved our business. It's just not an overstatement. It's a fact. So I feel like, I, 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 I have been blessed to privilege really to sit on the advisory board for MDS in the last year. And I just feel like it's been a great opportunity for me to really give back as much yeah. as I'm able to, because I just feel this um, debt of gratitude to MDS for the way that it's shown up um, so for us to really keep building our business, keep motivated, keep growing. Um, it, it's been truly huge for us. And I feel like, um, the power of this like mastermind, I've really experienced what, I don't know if you guys know Napoleon Hill with his whole, like, um, you can grow rich, you know, I think he was kind of the first person to really talk about this mastermind effect of the, you know, the, the, the collective power of a group of smart people when they come together towards the same intention or goal. Um, I hadn't really experienced it as I've experienced it with MDS and it has really kept us going really. 
I don't know what we would have done had we not had India. Well, it just ties back to what we were saying that, you know, there's some sort of quote I'll butcher, but basically <laughs> it's that to be an entrepreneur, I think, uh, I feel like it was Stephen Covey or somebody like that. It was like, you have to have enough guts or chutzpah to think I can do that and be dumb enough to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so on, on the one hand, you have to have the gumption to go. Uh, but that's why, you know, we really feel like it's it's connecting with the right people. and. Yeah. And uh, that is what's win-win. And the great thing about MDS is everybody's carefully selected. You know, they really have to say, are these guys good people that we would, would you want to hang out with these people if right. they were on the beach in Costa Rica or someplace and everything. Yeah. So they're very, very scrupulous. So much so that, you know, I would be more connected if I had my own entry into the MDS Facebook group, but yeah. I, you know, I slum <laughs> off of my wife's, you know, and occasionally see stuff, but you know, they're just missing out on the value I would be adding. So absolutely. We can log in too, through her so, account, right? You know, so yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's great to have, have you guys and Jerry, are you in any of the other groups or anything? I feel like I've I'm seen in the investments. One. In yeah, I'm in, in the, the investments. investments. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I was going to say, I've seen your name in there, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Alex is a big contributor inside of the group and, you know, being on the advisory council and, you know, I'm, I'm with you, Alex, it's hard to put into words yeah. and uh, convey the, the, feeling the satisfaction you get out of being in that group. Yeah. Um, I can attend events and like I'm dealing with something. What was it in Puerto Vallarta I was dealing with? Um, I created a couple brands when COVID hit. We had a mm -hmm. big, a huge retail arbitrage operation yeah. that got wiped out because of COVID. So um, I took that money, created some brands. I was kind of scared. Yeah, uh, I created two brands and uh, then they started taking off and then retail stores started opening and like mm -hmm. all these things started to come together. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, I don't I can't <laughs> do all this. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? And, yeah. yeah. And I had these two really good brands. I had this operation. I knew, you know, I already knew it would be great. So I'm dealing with this in my mind for a while. I go to the MDS event. And just by them asking me, hey, what do you got going on? Like you get you get asked that by like 15 really freaking yeah. smart people and you have this conversation. And then I got back and like it all just kind of became clear. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if I want to keep these companies, I need to hire. I need to delegate work. I really need to have SOPs for everything. Like I need to do a vision traction organizer for each company and, you know, start building out my accountability chart and like. It just all happened. The conversation really didn't change. Like not that much happened, but just by being around them, uh, there's some mystical force at play. <laughs> it's truly mystical. It's so it's very intangible. So that's why it's hard to put into words and hard to describe adequately what happens. Yeah. But it really is powerful. And it's something that I think it's like the sum of two parts is greater than the whole. It really that mm -hmm. really is what happens. And it, it's hard to put it into words without it sounding like an overstatement. So. Yeah, it really is. Well, I'm glad uh, to have met you guys uh, through that amazing group. 
I look forward to hanging out with you guys uh, in the future. Um, I know we got plenty of events planned, um, but thank you so much for making time to come on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. That's great to be here, Nick. Thank you, Nick. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Are you a million-dollar seller looking to network with like-minded entrepreneurs? Apply for membership now at milliondollarsellers.com. Leave us a review and subscribe now so you don't miss out on next week's episode.